0: So I, I do want to be clear. I'm not saying it's not a good movie or that it doesn't have some interesting components and things like that. I just hate it. <laughs> okay. This is a movie that drags me down. Like, I need to go pet a puppy. I need, <laughs> I need a hug.
1: Hello there, steampunks. And thank you for tuning in to another episode of steam-powered movies. I am one of your hosts, engineer and producer Mike Frederick, and I'm here with your other host. Hello,
0: I am Dana Frederick, disgruntled steampunk and fantasy author.
1: (laughs) Disgruntled because... Because
0: I hate this film.
1: Because today we watched the movie Snowpiercer from 2013, directed by Bong Joon-ho. More... Prominently known now for his 2019 best picture film, Parasite.
0: Oh, I didn't know he was the same one.
1: Yep, yep. It's dark. Makes sense. <laughs> same director. <laughs> uh, starring Chris Evans, Captain America himself, uh, in this movie about a post-apocalyptic train.
0: I will say this is this is an interesting one because it is our first post-apocalyptic film instead of it being a period piece. This is a near future movie and we haven't done any like this yet so the whole setup is really different
1: yeah that'll be an interesting thing to get into um so yeah this is steam power movies the podcast if you don't know where we watch movies that are steampunk to some degree and then we talk about them we say what we liked and didn't like and at the end we give some ratings so stick around for that so yeah, let's get into it. Uh, so, uh, from what I've gathered, uh, you're more a steampunk aficionado than I am. I am I am fairly fairly new to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I have a feeling that post apocalypse steampunk is kind of its own own thing. Am I am I right there?
0: Kind of yeah. I mean it, it shares a lot of the same elements of like we've had to revert a lot of our technology. Although as we'll talk about, this one hangs on to a lot of modern technology and even does a lot of like future technology but you know we have the train Mm -hmm. um there are a couple of kind of steampunky throwbacks and like the bar scene you said they were more like roaring 20s kind of outfits but right sometimes that era bleeds into steampunk even though it's not technically the right uh time period but yeah so in this we had a few i think this this movie scrapes by By, like, the barest definition of steampunk.
1: Sure, yeah. So, basically the main reason we're talking about this movie is the train. Yeah. Right? The the train itself. Mm -hmm. It's a big steam-powered thing, and it's sort of futuristic in its own right.
0: I'm not sure it's steam-powered, but it's a train, so, yeah. Well, they didn't didn't really go into
1: it. Spoilers. Spoilers in case you haven't seen this movie and you're going to listen to this. Uh... You know, when they get to the, the engine room at the end,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you see all the steam rising.
0: Yes. Yes. But it also looks very fusion I mm. I don't know. Some kind of futuristic tiny fusion reactor or something. It's very bright and shiny.
1: That'll look kind of magnetic, maybe. Maybe that, like that the gears were magnetic it. somehow.
0: Like if he'd figured out the, the secret to uh, perpetual motion or something, because he called, kept calling it like the Eternity Engine. So maybe something like that.
1: Yeah. I I kind of wish maybe we had learned a little bit more about that and like how the engine works. They just talk about how it's awesome.
0: Yeah, it's the future. It's everything. It's this is the train is the earth and life and stuff.
1: So yeah, we don't really learn a lot about how the train works. Uh huh. I I in my mind it is steam powered in that there's like a heat source that generates steam that turns a turbine. But maybe the gears we see are magnetically interlocking instead of physically interlocking, because maybe that keeps them from wearing out as fast. Maybe, possibly. If I mean, it has magnetism. To run forever, yeah.
0: Magnetism is also one of those uh, components of steampunk, like we talked about with Wild Wild West and whatnot. There was a lot of use of the magnets with the the collars and blades and stuff. So it it sort of falls within that. I think, like I said, this movie technically falls within the definition which is why it got got, made it onto our list
1: it also made it onto our list because i hate it i i kind of wanted to make you watch it again Uh,
0: i know and i wanted to
1: watch it again because Uh. i remember uh so maybe just a little bit background and like overall thoughts like we watched this movie once before maybe 10 years ago no, no it we were in this
0: house so it wasn't 10 years ago
1: no it, it was definitely the old house I remember but the movie came out in 2013 so no. it was probably around 2013 2014
0: I don't think that's right I, I think your the timeline is, is wrong well but anyway
1: we could disab- disagree about dates later but anyway it was around 2014 ish probably when we saw it because mm-hmm. it was fairly new then I had I knew nothing about it going in and I enjoyed it for just the ride of like not knowing what's going to happen next and just seeing the, the journey from train car to train car as we discover these like new mini worlds and there's all like tension at every point and we don't know what's going to happen. And so I, I kind of enjoyed it for that. Like I was a movie that I was on the edge of my seat for and I didn't because I didn't know what was going to happen and I was like really sucked into the world. I, I think. The beginning of the movie does a really good job of like setting the stage and getting you sucked in. And I was along for the ride. And I enjoy a movie that just kind of takes me along and I'm absorbed in even if it's not the best or maybe the ending isn't great, hint, wink, nudge, nudge, but mm. <laughs> so so that's kind of where I w- and I hadn't seen it since then. So wanted to see again. And I'd say a pretty similar experience for me this time around. And that I was sucked in the beginning, I was along for the journey, but it started to fall off at the end. Uh, we'll, we can get more into that later. so how how about you? Like what's your expound upon your unhappiness? Mm,
0: viewers i'm giving I'm giving Mike a look. Oh my gosh. so i I recall when we watched this movie, I feel like this was the beginning of that period where I was like, I don't want Mike picking movies because I hated this movie so much. I want, to, I want to be clear, though.
1: I'm a little more adventurous than you. Uh,
0: okay. I know what I like. I am perfectly comfortable with everything that I like. And I know what I don't like. And I'm okay with that, too. So I, I do want to be clear. I'm not saying it's not a good movie or that it doesn't have some interesting components and things like that. I just hate it. Okay. There are some really interesting pieces in this, but this is a movie that drags me down. Like, I need to go pet a puppy. I need, I need a hug. I just... I need, like, a warm cup of cocoa after this movie. This movie is so dark. It's so sad. And everything sucks.
1: Well, I, I can't argue there. You, you nailed it. You nailed the tone of the movie. Uh, <laughs> everything sucks is the tone.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Y'all, if you're, if you're not in a good place, uh. like, mentally don't watch this film like I care more about about your mental health than I do about being popular or saying popular things like if you're not in a good place mentally don't watch this film because it is rough
1: maybe especially if you have any like existential dread when it comes to like climate change maybe and the state of humanity and our ability to coexist and get along maybe don't maybe don't watch this movie if you're having those kinds of feelings
0: i recommend my little pony instead it's it's a <laughs> it's a real uplifting show but i actually we mentioned climate change and i do want to say it's a really interesting take too that essentially the catalyst for like the state of the world in this film is that okay climate change is happening It's real bad. So instead of, you know, stopping the bad thing and like cutting down on our pollution and taking the steps to Mm -hmm. stop climate change, we'll just like try to do something that will allow us to keep doing all the bad. And that way we can just have our cake and eat it, too, which, of course, goes horribly wrong.
1: Yeah, yeah, it goes really bad. I, mm-hmm. I, I think I like how it was set up. It was actually really efficiently done. I thought, which mm-hmm. is like the radio voiceover in the beginning, like the clips of radio or TV or whatever, saying, "Oh yeah, this is this report. This happened, and they're we're gonna spray this chemical in the sky to cool down the Earth." And it was like, "Whoops, too much. Now we have another ice age." Right. I, I do kind of like that. That was the setup. It's like an overcorrection. To make it worse the other way. Right. Is how we messed it all up.
0: But it's also like very much that humanity thing of of like, well, I, I don't want to stop doing the thing. I don't want to like have to give up anything. So instead we'll do this other thing that will surely not have any backlash.
1: Right. Right. It's interesting. You mentioned you didn't know that this was by um, Bong Joon-ho. And I had this was the first of his movies I ever saw. Mm-hmm and i've seen more of them now so because i saw parasite and i saw okja and it he does like to make like a political type of statement i've noticed with his movies there's there's some sort of political theme Mm -hmm. um like parasites about class which Mm -hmm. i think he he revisits in this is or he he did in this he revisits oh yeah really strongly yeah
0: which i appreciate
1: but also like the climate change thing seems like he was trying to make some sort of statement there. Also, the thing about class—I think he did it better in *Parasite*. Mm-hmm. um I'll have to get you to watch that no, at some point. No, no, thank you. <sighs> I
0: don't want to. It's another it, very sad film.
1: It's it's much better, and it's it's tighter. It's more efficient in storytelling. But is it sad? It's not *My Little Pony*. <laughs> Give me
0: that. Is it? No, it's. Is it like on the level of Widows? Because that like brushes up against like the, as dark as I can go.
1: Um, I don't know. It it yeah. might be it might be darker than that. It, there, it has moments. It It's not as dark as Snowpiercer. It's not as dark as this movie. It's not. Maybe someone will tell me I'm wrong. I, don't, I don't remember bar. it being as dark as this movie. But anyway, as far as. So you we were talking about the this is how humans ruin the earth. Mm hmm. It's a parallel I just thought of, but I was already thinking in my head that this movie reminds me of another movie that I've been thinking about recently Mm -hmm. that came out before this movie, which is The Matrix. I think there are a lot of parallels. You mean the first Matrix? The first, yeah, the first The Matrix from 1999. I think there's a lot of parallels between The Matrix and this movie. It starts off with humans ruin the earth and The Matrix, it's by blocking out the sun in this one, it's freezing the earth. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: I mean, that's very much dystopia at its core. How do how do humans trash the earth? How did humans ruin everything? And then, like, what do the survivors do?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that there's several other parallels too. There's a there's a reluctant hero, and it's a hero's journey thing. You know, mm-hmm. reluctant hero dives into this world, the craziness, and learns all this stuff, and then at the end, much like the Matrix sequels, actually pick mm-hmm. up it's like, oh, yes, you are the the chosen one to lead the rebellion because that's how the system was designed from the first place,
0: which is another trope that I hate. I feel like it undermines everyone's struggle, just more darkness.
1: Oh, absolutely. I think it confuses the message, whatever that is at the end. I was very confused at the end of this movie, both times. That, I still don't get it.
0: honestly, it just it just makes me feel like, well, this was all pointless all oh, like the whole like the last like twenty minutes of the film is like this is a huge waste of my time.
1: You know, I kind of agree. I I kind of agree. And I get yeah. Let's just talk about the end of the. We'll talk about the end of the movie and then we'll go back and and talk about some other stuff. But okay. yeah, the ending to this, I feel like it totally undermines a lot of what happens in the movie because you're setting it up as like yeah he's leading this rebellion. We're gonna we're gonna do better and we're gonna make things right. And then at the end. He gets this speech and you think he's like getting turned to like you get the big speech from Truman Show dad. Uh, Wilford is his name. Wilford. Yeah. yeah. I think of the actor because he, he kind of plays the same role as Truman Show where he's I never like, saw Truman Show. Okay. We're going to fix that at some point. Okay. That's a feel good movie. It's a good one. I've
0: heard really good things about that one.
1: But he plays the like puppet master in that as well. Uh huh. So I thought it was kind of you funny. You just
0: ruined it for me. Spoilers man.
1: What? You kind of know the premise of Truman Show. I know it's, it's, been a, it's a
0: big fake reality show. But anyway, it's fine. I don't actually care cover that much about spoilers. <laughs>
1: spoilers for Truman Show, I guess, in this one, too.
0: <laughs> spoilers for all movies,
1: you guys. Don't watch any movies before you listen to this podcast. <laughs>
0: Ever. That's not actually true. Carry no,
1: but, but anyway, like, so then you get the whole speech. You're like, oh, okay, actually, the message is going to be to fall in line. Everybody has their place. But then they just blow up the train and everybody dies. Mm-hmm. Like, so... Yeah. The what? polar
0: bear is going to straight eat the survivors.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, like, that, you know, the the, the webcomic How It Should Have Ended. Yeah. The, the How It Should Have Ended would be the people get off the train the polar bear eats them.
0: Yeah. Even though most of humanity died at, like, in the train crash. Like, you saw, like, most of it falling off a cliff. Yeah. So, like, okay, there you go. There's the end of humanity. Cool. Like, this was all pointless and everyone dies and humanity's over long live the polar bears
1: yeah everybody did a real bad job Mm-hmm. everybody did a real bad job and maybe maybe that's the message of the movie is that long live polar bears yes it's no it, it's really back to the environmental message pro polar bears mm-hmm. anti-human. Yeah. <laughs> we should cede the planet to the polar bears i'm down earth will be happier i guess
0: i mean york bernson became king <gasps> that's another oh wait, no, it's not a, it's not a movie that i was gonna i was gonna suggest his dark materials um, but it's not a movie, so never mind. well Actually, well, there is a terrible movie. There is a terrible movie that was done. With that we can talk about that one later. We might have to revisit but yeah, that. George Burns in for president.
1: <laughs> uh, so uh, we kind of touched on it. Mm-hmm. You know what's steampunk about this movie? I got more. You have more. I okay, more. yeah. So besides the train and the maybe steam poweredness and the maybe the magnets, what what else you got?
0: So also we have like the plight of the industrial worker versus power and money. This is very much a trope in steampunk. um, And also it continues to be a trope um, one because classism is still very much alive and well. And also because uh, various nations throughout the world are in still in various um, processes of industrialization. Sure. And this, honestly, this is one of my favorite tropes. I like, I like seeing stories where, you know, the, um, the working classes and stuff get one over on, the the powerful and the rich. Fable is a really good series, also that it has um it's a video game series that has a bunch of steampunk elements, and you see this a lot. It's very good. Hmm. Um let's see here. So yeah, we've got that. So oh, oh, the shoe. Oh, I want to okay. talk about the shoe. I want to talk about the shoe. Okay. So I don't know if you know. The shoe, the whole scene with the shoe in the beginning mm-hmm. where the guy like throws his shoe at Claude. Yeah. And um then
1: Tilda Swinton's character,
0: Claude is not is um is the other one the woman who is in yellow.
1: Oh, you're right, you're right. right.
0: Yeah, Tilda Swinton minister something that I don't remember. So she like makes the whole speech about the shoe. The shoe is actually a really powerful symbol because uh, the French word for shoe, and I'm sure I'm going to m- mispronounce this because I do not speak French, <laughs> is uh, sabot, and that means shoe. It's where we get the word sabotage. Ah. So sabotage entered the English language. I looked this up earlier.
1: Shubatage.
0: (laughs) Shubatage. Sabotage. Um,
1: That's how I'm going to say it now. Shubatage.
0: I think the early 20th century is when it came into the English language. Linguists pick me up on this if necessary. Um, And there is an apocryphal. That's a really hard word to say.
1: (laughs) Words are hard.
0: Words are very hard. There's an apocryphal story about how this comes from working class citizens throwing their shoes in a show of defiance and this this is a thing that has happened in the world um i think iraq is possibly one of the countries where this is um we've actually seen this happen but as far as it happening amongst french workers we don't actually have any proof of that but the story goes that this is how they would show resistance is they would throw their shoes i think Um, it was
1: iraq where someone threw a shoe at george bush oh was it yeah okay uh, George H.W. Bush when he was president he was giving a speech somewhere and someone from the crowd threw a shoe at him. I'm pretty sure that was in Iraq okay. or he was speaking about Iraq it was something to do with it.
0: Right um, but anyway so the story as far as we know is apocryphal but there, there is a pretty widely held belief that French workers would because um, it specifically referred to a type of shoe that the lower classes mm. generally had and they were very clunky and stuff and so like I think what is it that the word uh sabotage means to bungle and so there are there are a lot of thoughts that french workers would sabotage their jobs and things like that to make it hard for their basically uh the capitalist charge, uh, capitalist uh, overlords
1: yeah you know stick to the man yeah you know, exactly so yeah so the, the machine all that stuff
0: right so the shoe is like a super duper powerful symbol um and i i kind of like that that was done it's very much pointing to like this is what's happening in this movie there's a lot of talk in the writing world about making promises early on
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: i i feel like making a big deal about the shoe is very much that like hey we're gonna have have like the people's revolution happening in this movie
1: right yeah which which happens for most of the movie and then it gets completely derailed at the end with everything again i keep (gasps) coming back to the the ending derailed
0: but i'm (laughs) yeah I know what I did. I'm proud of you. I'm really proud of you.
1: So it seems like there were, you know, not a lot of visual steampunk, but more like tropes and things that are common in these yeah, stories, right? Yeah, a lot of themes
0: right? and stuff like that. Cool, cool. Yeah.
1: Well, if you could, mm-hmm. find something that you liked about this movie. Besides the shoe, which, which you liked. Is there anything else just in general that you liked about this movie?
0: Like I said, there, there are a lot of interesting Things in this movie, you know, I love a good system. And I, as as horrible as it was applied, I like the idea of a self-sustaining system. Not to the end of murdering people, but you sure. know, like if we talk about sustainable farming and stuff like that, that's that's meant to be like a, a system that well sustains itself, thus sustainable. Um, I like that a lot. I like kind of that concept, but again, not to the end of murdering people um mm-hmm. and the I, I even though the aquarium seems like weirdly unwieldy for a train like man, i wrote
1: that down like is this possible <laughs>
0: like water is a very sloshy substance and yeah. it's really heavy Water's extremely heavy i just this well, feels... we saw the
1: train getting rocked when it went through like broke through the ice and stuff it's like would that aquarium stay in one piece right i don't think so
0: yeah so I I liked like you. I like the different like kind of worlds that we see as we pass from car to car. And I like this I love it uh an infrastructure. I love um I don't want to use the word ecosystem cuz they didn't and it makes me feel weird. Um but I I like the world building of it. You know, you mm-hmm. had like the sort of uh typical train car section that you would see on, you know, the Orient Express or something like that. Right, a normal there was, like, train. Dentist office and like someone in was it there was somebody like just drinking tea and reading or whatever. That's really interesting to me to mm-hmm. see like how people set up infrastructure in non-traditional spaces and I think that's really cool. So I enjoy that I don't know about the cows and the pigs like you kind of go through that huge meat freezer section right it's like where are the livestock this is a lot of meat
1: <laughs> yeah so the, getting into some of the like unrealistic you start to break down the the realism uh-huh there's a thing that watching this movie you feel i felt like maybe it was starting to do but it didn't really finished that way and that the movie starts really realistic and grounded right mm-hmm. like very grounded in reality you are in this world you're learning these people in the system of how they live there you know they're plotting their escape they get through the first few cars and it's still all like gritty and dark mm-hmm. uh they do see a window for the first time at one point and things start to get more light and color mm-hmm. and there's a certain point where Like, you you, you started in this reality. It gets less and less realistic, though. I kind of feel like if you mapped out the cars, it would be like, okay, you got the water thing, and then you had, like you said, the normal-looking train sections. Mm -hmm. And then you had, like, the weird school thing. I feel like that's where it gets off the rails. Like, once you reach the school car with all the children... That was
0: some A-plus indoctrination.
1: Oh, oh my goodness. But also, like, it got really bright and colorful, and everything from that point on is kind of, like off the wall bonkers Mm -hmm. but you're so grounded in reality already that you kind of accept it as you go but then it just gets more and more ridiculous I was kind of thinking that this was like the movie doing a thing where the story itself becomes more and more unrealistic it's kind of it becomes a fable Mm -hmm. and maybe that's because this is like a re in the retelling of the story. Like most of the people had died. So the stories are all like fragmented and like, it's like myth and fable that's passed down and becomes more and more unbelievable. I I don't know.
0: Okay. I I I'm, I'm with you. I'm on board.
1: So I I was kind of hoping that's what it was doing. And then maybe, maybe the ending was, would be more metaphorical Mm -hmm. even, but they bring it right back down to the reality it gets dark and dingy again you have big long speeches and Mm -hmm. it kind of ends that that fantastical journey part
0: yeah like it almost thinking about it like in the like couched in the idea of like this is a retelling that someone else told assuming humanity didn't die out or the polar bears didn't become sentient and like are telling (laughs) this to their little baby polar bears um
1: well they had to translate it from ink English to polar bear and back to English to tell us. So maybe that stuff got lost. There you there. go.
0: That's that's the answer. Like that almost makes me feel better
1: about it. <laughs> oh gosh. We're building some fan cannon here around the movie.
0: <laughs> it just it makes it more palatable because, gosh, yeah. Um, and actually, along those lines, I actually I had a note about like because as they progress, like after the battle, um, where the the guards basically take control back of the the water car like the the Mm -hmm. car where the water is controlled there's kind of like no one else really like they get like the uh drugged out ravers to be guards sort of yeah and like it just feels like they just kind of were like i guess most everyone else is done like there's only so many people on this car and like we used up all the guards to take the water back i don't know
1: yeah no yeah the whole thing gets more and more ridiculous and untenable and all that
0: so another thing that i liked and thank goodness he was here because in addition to octavia spencer who is just like i said just a legend um she got
1: to be a badass too she got to oh yeah some no. people. she
0: was she was great she's like, a fighter octavia spencer she's amazing john hurt always amazing
1: oh great yeah
0: like the cast was great gravitas gravitas um, uh, but my favorite character, and this was a parkour guy. I don't know his name. Oh, and parkour guy. That. Parkour guy was hands down my favorite. The only thing that I'm not sure about is like, so he he doesn't look old enough to have come to the train
1: hmm.
0: knowing parkour. Like, okay. he looks about 17. He might have been born on the train or something. yeah. It's kind of
1: ambiguous, I don't know.
0: But he seems to be the only one with this skill (laughs) set. Right. He's kind of like the Rook, Rook being character from my books. He's kind of the Rook with this like super uh, athletic skill set and like climbing up walls and like stabbing people from above and really cool stuff like that. But no one else has this. Like how how has no one else been doing the same training as him? He is it.
1: Yeah, like he, he hits a great entrance where you're like, Throws off his coat, right? He's, he's got, got the these...
0: awesome tattoos.
1: Yeah, and then like he doesn't really speak. When he he takes somebody hostage early, he's like he's like surrender or die. He, like yeah. shows the two tattoos.
0: It's it's so cool.
1: Yeah, he was he was great. He was awesome. Yeah, great entrance, the cool tattoos, and like whipped up and like knife that guy.
0: Yeah, I actually wrote in my notes like more park parkour guy, please. And then I couldn't remember if he lived, but of course he doesn't because everyone dies in this. But
1: oh he dies like painfully.
0: Oh yeah, no, he he dies like trying to like with like the knife like through his hand and then into his chest. It's awful. It's terrible. Like <laughs> so I was very sad when he I was like, "Oh man, parkour guy."
1: But, but, but got, like But you got to enjoy him for a bit. Yeah, I no, yeah, I definitely
0: got to enjoy him longer than I thought I would. <laughs> 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 he almost made it.
1: Made it further than some people. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, and I mean in the end it doesn't matter cuz they all died anyway. Well, at least that was one thing you enjoyed. Yes. So, the the rook of the train parkour guy
1: uh i'll say some stuff i liked Go on. I, I, I did like a lot of things about this movie i mm-hmm. liked octavia spencer shouting chicken at the top of her lungs i
0: mean octavia spencer is a legend <laughs> she's just amazing and i just love her and everything
1: i liked the subtle humor sprinkled throughout there was the, the you say it's it is very dark and depressing but they threw in little nuggets like they tried at one point you see you st- you know in the garden car someone's just sitting there knitting in a chair i thought that was funny I thought the part where um the daughter of the the techie guy who's opening the doors for them. Oh Yona. Yona, yeah. So she at one point there's like a butler at a door. She asks him to open the door, he opens it and she's like, I want my drugs now. She's she, taking credit for it.
0: I mean she did her job. <laughs>
1: right. Just because they didn't have to jimmy it doesn't mean they it did, doesn't count. Yeah,
0: they they didn't say how she gotta open a door.
1: I thought that was funny. And then like the the assistant lady um, that had the shoe thrown at her she just she just measured everything yeah she when they she took the like the the drug bomb away she measured it first like that's a funny little joke
0: I oh, mean like I, said, they tried. I just I feel like I I just like I can't bring myself to laugh at stuff like that after I've watched a man like get his arm frozen and then bashed off I just can't like find humor after that
1: yeah it does have that, yeah. It's oh gosh. I I really I think I really like the first half of the movie. Maybe the first like 65% of it. Mm-hmm. Where again, we're doing the world building, we're going on the adventure, uh, you know, we're following our heroes, They're and even throughout that part till again, till like 75% of the way through the movie, it does keep variety. It is long. There are some scenes that are really drawn out, but even scene to scene, it goes from like, all right, we got like a slow talking scene, now we got some action. Mm-hmm. And even, but even like within the action scenes, there's good variety of the visuals. It's not just like, oh, people punching each other in the same type of way for five minutes. There's like this kind of thing happening. And then there's like a little mini story in the middle. They like, they
0: were very creative with their violence. Yeah, yeah.
1: Like, they're, they were, they told little stories through the action scenes instead of just being like, this is the action part. Mm-hmm. So I thought all of that was really done. I, I kind of think this whole movie, Is the director just kind of flexing because he's doing action, he's doing, you know, long dialogue, monologue, dialogue scenes. He's doing like heartfelt scenes. He's working with every different type of lighting Mm -hmm. that you can imagine to put in front of a camera. Right. Like super dark. You got the the bright window. You got vision. The night vision. You got the different colors in different rooms. Mm -hmm. Like it's Everything I think he's kind of it might maybe it's just an audition for future movies like hey I can do all this stuff I mean and go him
0: like it you're right he he does a lot he really accomplishes a lot with this film I just it's so hard for me to swallow it's so so sad everyone dies
1: <laughs> yeah
0: I'm sorry guys I'm real down to this episode
1: yeah and, I, and not to keep harping on it but I, I would say like my least favorite thing is how it all wraps up and the end it It felt a little bit like you know you ha- that's where it breaks the momentum where it usually was doing talking then action, talking then action. Well, you get the big long talking scene between Chris Evans and the the lock picker guy
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then you go to another long talking scene with the train conductor guy. It, it just yeah, and those scenes they're just explaining things Mm -hmm. and telling you, oh, you know, these things we sprinkle back here, that's what they mean. Mm -hmm. I wish, like, we would have been able to pick up on the meaning as we go, Mm -hmm. and then at the end we're just putting the pieces together instead of here, it's like explaining everything that just happened right? with new information. It's like, oh, okay. I I feel like when a movie has to be, like, actually cut away to previous scenes, be like, hey, remember that? Then Mm -hmm. that means it didn't really do a good enough job of planting those seeds. Mm -hmm. So... But it did have some things that were planted well. Like I caught the the arm motion that the the kid at the end was doing to clean out the the pipe.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Tilda Swinton did that during her speech at the very beginning.
0: Do you think that that means that she was
1: one of those children at one point? It's hard to tell because also the conductor guy does it like involuntarily at one yeah, point too. Yeah, I
0: don't. I'm not sure. Like what the, is it? I don't know.
1: Or maybe maybe it's just some sort of like sign of solidarity or something they learned. I don't know. But I but it was at least the director throwing in that visual mm-hmm. so that it would pay off at the end when you saw the kid in there and be like, oh, he's serving his purpose. That's And it's this visual cue that we had mm-hmm. way back. She actually did it with the shoe. When she was holding the shoe, she like... Oh, did she? Yeah. Oh. And the camera followed it really closely and you had like the close-up of the shoe and the guy with his arm through the outside of the train in the background it was kind of a complicated shot and it was and you're like why are you focusing on this you think it's focusing on the shoe which Mm -hmm. it is but it's also this arm motion that's being done on purpose too
0: do you almost feel like it's kind of the snow piercer version of um crossing yourself like in catholicism because they do have a lot of like very like dogmatic language it sounds like Mm -hmm. they're talking about like you know the sacred engine and stuff like that and like wilford is like our savior and stuff like that So I almost wonder if, like, that's almost like the, like I said, like, the Snowpiercer version of that? Maybe
1: so. I would buy it more if the train had been in existence longer. Mm -hmm. Because, like, Tilda Swinton and the conductor guy, like, they're too old to have fulfilled that role as small children. Oh, that's
0: true. You're right. Because it's only been 17 years. It's only been
1: 17 years. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like... If the train was older, you mm-hmm. could have more people who had that as a, a like a physical language that mm-hmm. they had learned, and it, maybe it would be a tick mm-hmm. or something. But yeah, the train's not old enough, so I, it doesn't really make sense why it's there. It's mm-hmm. just put there. Yeah, but it was. I thought it was a an interesting little thing. Yeah,
0: there's one more thing that I thought was a little bit weird, and not. I mean, I kind of get it, but also. I don't know. So you know the scene where like they look down into the um like basically like the thing that's crunching up whatever to make the protein bars, Mm -hmm. and they see it's a whole bunch of bugs, right? And like I mean, yeah, no. Granted, seeing like a huge drum full of bugs is disgusting. Even talking about it's like making me feel itchy. But like,
1: (laughs) confirmed. Dana scratched her head.
0: Yeah, it it I'll grant you like that's creepy AF. But like also okay. Again, the surprise factor is a big deal. But I don't think the idea of eating bugs is quite as gross as they made out. Mm-hmm. This movie was made in like 2013 or so. And like, funny enough, we had cricket flour then. Like, people talk about bugs maybe being the protein of the future. Right. And I just feel I felt like the reaction was a little strong. I've eaten a cockroach. It's fine. But the wings are a little Yeah, I, eh, I
1: little haven't crunchy. eaten a cockroach, but I, I did have the same reaction watching. I think I looked at you, too. I was like, wait. Did, I, I asked you, it was like, is that what I thought? I saw It was just bugs, right? And they're reacting like it was bodies, like humans in the in the right. grinder.
0: I thought like that's the sort of reaction I would think for like, oh, this is what they do with the dead bodies. Oh noes.
1: I had forgotten that from the, my first watching. I was like, oh wait, do they find this? Is where they find out that there's like bodies in the grinder, right. and then when they reacted, I was like, oh, it is, and I was like, it's just bugs. Yeah. So okay. green
0: is is not people.
1: Right. No, it's it's just it's protein. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's nutritious. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not tasty, I guess, if it's just in a gelatinous cube, but...
0: Yeah. I mean, I would hope that they're farmed bugs, because that's not something else you'll... If you ever look into cricket flower, you'll find that they talk about farmed farmed crickets are better because they don't... You know, they can make sure they're not carrying parasites or whatever.
1: So, think, yeah. Things FYI. I didn't think I would learn today.
0: And now you know. Thank you. The more you know. Da-da-da.
1: I don't know <laughs> if that's the <laughs> tune. We'll say it is. Sure. So, so this... So I think we probably said enough things that we didn't like about it, and you have too. (laughs) The tone, I guess, mainly. How dark, depressing. Real dark, y'all. Yeah. But hey, we got through it, you know? We got through the long adventure.
0: I'm going to go pet a puppy after this.
1: You should. You should. They will enjoy that as well. So I I think that's probably all we have to say. Uh, Now it's time for us to give ratings. So we're going to first rate this movie on how steampunk it is on a scale of one to five steam engines. Dana's the expert. What, what, do, you, what do you think for this one?
0: I honestly, I'm only going to give it one steam train because while we had a train and there were gears and maybe magnetism, mm-hmm. most of the technology was pretty futuristic.
1: Yeah, I'll give you that. And none of those elements were really focused on or explained a lot. hmm And didn't really play into the story that much either.
0: Yeah. Like, if not futuristic, then at least modern.
1: Right. Yeah. Because it's post-apocalypse, so there's a little bit of regression, but still a lot of modern stuff. And And I I totally
0: dig the idea of, like, a round-the-world track for, like, you know, the Mm ultra-luxurious train cruise. I think (laughs) that's very cool. But, I mean, be, like I said, beyond that, there's, there's just no one.
1: Yeah. I mean, lucky he designed that before the apocalypse, right?
0: Yeah, I guess. Or, well, he, he'd always been obsessed with trains, so, like, I guess it was, like, knocking around in his head anyway. Or is this
1: just, you know, some to someone with a hammer, everything looks like a nail? He's like, the answer to the apocalypse is trains, my favorite thing! It's always trains. <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: I mean, maybe. I mean, they did they did set it up that. He wanted to do, like, the train cruise before, you know, the world began to end and things like that. So they they set it up, but, yeah, beyond that, just
1: meh. Oh, I forgot to, while we're giving rate... Okay, I'll do it when I give my rating. So then it's, we rate based on how much we just enjoyed watching the movie. Not necessarily how technically good, or if it would win an Oscar, or how the rest of the world rates it. How much do we enjoy it? So... Dana, on a scale of, what is your scale again?
0: One to five gears. One to five gears. Yeah. I'm going to give it one.
1: One gear. One gear. Yeah, I kind of saw that coming.
0: Yeah. I'm sorry. It It makes me feel very sad and drags me down. Drags me down so deep.
1: I'm sorry. Okay. I'm very sorry. Sorry. Kind of not sorry, but it was fun to watch again.
0: There are cupcakes in the world there are puppies and kitties there are still good things in the world
1: so i enjoyed this less this time around i think Mm -hmm. i think on my first viewing i probably would have given it on my scale of top hats i probably would have given it a four i'm gonna downgrade it to a three Mm -hmm. um maybe mostly because i'm gonna tell you now what my very least favorite thing in the movie was the ending it was, a, it was a line spoken by Chris Evans near oh, the ending. Oh, no.
0: Oh, I think I know the line. Oh, no.
1: You see, we know the thing that I most hate about myself. Oh, my gosh. I know what people taste like. And I know that babies taste best.
0: Mm. Oh, my gosh. The baby eating line. <laughs> that was,
1: like, the, I know what people taste like was bad enough and I had forgotten. And when he says the baby line, I'm like, oh, no, that's the worst line ever.
0: Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much sums it
1: up. <laughs> uh, so, that definitely downgrades this movie. I still think it's kind of a fun adventure. It is very dark, but I'm going to give it three out of five top hats for Snowpiercer, the movie.
0: Cool. Yeah, it's a series now, funny enough.
1: Yeah, there is a series. So, if you need more of this, then go go watch that. I haven't seen it. I don't know. Maybe it's the same. Maybe it's less depressing. Maybe there's more to root for. Maybe everyone doesn't die at the end.
0: Maybe it's a continuation.
1: Oh, could be.
0: Where the polar bears are in charge.
1: Yes, it's the polar bear version.
0: I, a girl, can dream.
1: (laughs) That's it. That's going to be our next project. Make uh, the Snowpiercer uh, sequel starring polar bears.
0: There we go. I love it. It'll just be a bunch of people in polar bear like costumes, like ill-fitting ones. It's going to be great.
1: Oh, it'll be subtitled too because they're they're going to speak in their native language. Of
0: course, it'll be like growl, grow, 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 grow.
1: <laughs> Oh, you speak polar bear.
0: I do indeed. I'm fluent. Oh my goodness, yeah. I had
1: no idea. <laughs> uh, well, on that note, a happy note at the end of this dark dark movie podcast. Thank you for listening. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Steam Powered Movies. Um, join us next time. And if you enjoyed listening, as well as tuning in again please uh, go on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever podcast app and leave us a review leave us five stars please um, tell us that you did that um, you can tell us by hitting us up on Twitter at steampoweredpod you can go to steampoweredmovies.com for more information and we will look forward to hanging out with you guys on the next episode thanks so much Okay, bye. bye <laughs>
0: We got to pick something good for next time.